ஜாத்துக்க There are many things in dunya that Allah Ta'ala has created in opposites. There's night, then there's opposite to it is day. There's light, then there's darkness. There's health, there's sickness. Likewise, there's intelligence, then there's ignorance. There's knowledge, so ignorance opposite to it. But then getting to more serious things, there's Iman and opposite to it is Kufr also. And likewise, there's a person who is a mu'min, there's somebody who totally rejects Allah Ta'ala. Then after life, in this dunya, then there is something which is Jannat and there's also Jahannam. So just as there is Iman and Kufr, Iman will lead a person to Jannat, Kufr leads a person to Jahannam. But similarly, there are things in dunya which a person does, whoever he may be, a mu'min, even if a mu'min does it, but if it is the opposite of what his Iman dictates, then it will also lead him in the opposite direction. So a mu'min in every aspect of his life is concerned that I need to do that which takes me directly to Jannat. A disbeliever has no issue in his life. He has got no concept of Jannat. He has got no concept of Iman. But a mu'min is concerned. So therefore his ibadat also is conscious that this must take me to Jannat. Likewise he is conscious about his Mu'asharat and social life, how am I conducting myself in terms of my social life, this must make me, take me to Jannat. And similarly my akhlaq and character, and together with all this, he's concerned about his dealings. That my dealings must also take me to Jannat. Because just as we have opposites in everything else, there's a mu'min, he also earns, he also conducts business, he also has a profession, he also has a job, and a person without Iman also, he also has these things. But they are worlds apart. A mu'min businessman and somebody without Iman, they are worlds apart. For example, a Yahudi, he is somebody else totally. So outwardly they both are conducting business, but it is like night and day. It is like light and darkness. 
A mu'min is distinct in everything that he does because he is guided by totally different principles. So likewise his business, his job, his profession, it's all guided by a different set of rules and principles. His entire mindset is different. A person without Iman, his mindset is something else. A person without Iman, he also conducts business. For example, the Yahud also conducts business. But what is their mindset? That that earning, that business, that profession, that is the object in itself. And the numbers must keep turning. If the numbers don't keep turning and keep growing, then it's an exercise in futility. And that becomes life itself. If you take that out of a person's life, a Yahudi's life for that matter, then he's got no life. Because business is his life. And because that has become the object of his life, then anything and everything is fine as long as this brings business. Whether somebody lives or somebody dies in the process also doesn't matter to him. If to take somebody's life, as long as he doesn't get in trouble, but to do it in such a way that to take somebody's life, which will fill his coffers, that too is fine, that is fair game. So this is somebody who has no Iman. This is somebody who is devoid of any concept of Allah Ta'ala watching him. But a mu'min, he is somebody totally different. His entire mindset is different. What is his mindset? His mindset is that whatever his mode of earning is, whether it is business, whether it is a profession, whether it is a job, this is not his object in life. A Yahudi doesn't have any yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala being the provider. A mu'min has this primary yaqeen that my business, my job, my profession does not provide. The provider is Allah Ta'ala. Rizq comes from Allah Ta'ala alone. And my risk has been decreed for me. I cannot take one cent less than what is decreed for me. And neither will I get half a cent more so. So he is guided by that belief and this mindset that Allah Ta'ala is the provider. Then together with that his mindset is what? Why is he engaging in any business, any work, any job, any profession? So Nabi Islam gives us the direction and the guidance of what is a mu'min's mindset. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, Man talab al-halal That the person who seeks what is halal, seeking haram, this is out of the vocabulary of a mu'min. This is something doesn't exist anywhere in his life. So obviously he's seeking halal. But why is he seeking halal? So Nabi Islam says, Man talab al-halal isti'afafan anil mas'ala. First thing is, that he does not want to stretch his hand out in front of anybody else. He does not want to beg. He does not want to ask favors from others. Because this too is a deficiency. This is something that's totally discouraged. So number one, he wants to stay chaste and safe from having to beg from anybody else. So isti'afafan anil mas'ala. Why is he earning? So that he can take care of his family's needs. Because Allah Ta'ala has placed his responsibility upon him. So he's taking care of his need, he doesn't want to beg. He wants to fulfill the needs of his family. And that to Allah Ta'ala has not restricted him 
it must just be dry bread and water. In fact, he has been encouraged to be generous upon his family. Within the limits of reasonable, within reasonable limits, within his means, but he's been encouraged to be even generous upon them. So he is being now, he's earning to take care of his family. But he doesn't finish off there. Somebody else, everything will be business. Even if he is giving something in charity, the charity also must bring business. So if he is doing something noble, it must come with his name. If he is doing something that will be a charitable cause, but if it does not have any kind of marketing in it, some kind of publicity in it, then it's a waste of time, leave it out, do something else. But a mu'min, no, a mu'min doesn't think like that. A mu'min wa ta'attufan ala jarihi. He eats and he shares. He loves and he lets love. So وَتَعَطْتُفًا عَلَىٰ جَارِهِ And out of compassion for his neighbor also. He wants to whatever his neighbor's needs are. He's taking care of his needs, his family's needs, but his neighbor's needs. Hassan Basir says the neighbor is up to 40 doors away in each direction. So this is the initial level. And then over in Baghdad he has excess. He'll see to the needs of the poor and needy in his community, to the widows and orphans. And then to the entire ummah he's part of his life. So he has this heart, not just for himself, for everybody else. So Nabi Islam says, the person who conducts business, he earns, whatever his mode of earning is. But this is his mindset. So he's a mu'min, he's earning halal, with this concept. Then, لَقِيَ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى وَوَجْهُهُ كَالْقَمَرِ لَيْلَةَ الْبَدْرِ On the day of Qiyamah, this person will come, and he will meet Allah Taala in this condition, that his face will be shining like the 14th moon. Subhanallah, can we imagine a person earning his livelihood, but with the right frame of mind, he's earning halal, he's conducting himself in the right way, he is not transgressing the limits and the laws of Allah Ta'ala in any way, then this business also earns him such a great honor on the day of Qiyamah. That laqi Allah Ta'ala, he will meet Allah Ta'ala wa wajhuhu kal qamari laylat al-badr. And his face will be shining like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. And then Nabi Islam gives us the other side to warn us, the opposites. There are all these opposites. That man talabat, wa man talabat dunya halalan. That a person who seeks halal. I'll say the mu'min in his life haram doesn't come near. This is not part of his life. So this is now a mu'min who is seeking halal also. But he forgot the correct mindset the correct focus. His direction went little off track. What happened? He is earning halal. Mukasiran murayan. His direction has become amassing the fortunes of dunya. This is what drives him. This is what motivates him. How it must keep increasing. And murayan, how I can make a certain position for myself in society. What kind of Car will drive. To drive a good car is not forbidden. But if it is so that it will give me some kind of prestige, it will give me a certain position, the kind of lifestyle that I lead, or what class I fly in, or whatever else might be, whatever status symbols I can acquire. And if this has become the objective, then Nabi Islam says, Laqi Allah Ta'ala wa hu alayhi qadban. He will meet Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah, and Allah Ta'ala will be displeased with him. If Allah is displeased with the person on the day of Qiyamah, then what next? 
So already we get a very clear idea of what is the direction of a mu'min, what is his mindset, how he approaches even his earnings, his business, what is his concept. His concept is not what somebody else may have, what somebody devoid of iman may have, that things must just keep turning. No, he's got something totally different. What is his concept? Together with this aspect of how, why he earns, there's another very salient part of a mu'min's mindset. In terms of how he approaches business, his profession, his job, his whatever mode of earning it may be. One is somebody who is devoid of iman, then his focus is all the time on how to increase the numbers. But a mu'min, his focus is how to increase barakat. One is what is termed as kasrat, kasrat abundance. It must keep turning. It must keep increasing in quantity. And the other is barakat. So a mu'min doesn't focus on kasrat. Whatever Allah has decreed with him, he'll make a reasonable effort. He will do what is normally required to be done in a moderate manner. But his focus will be on barakat. And these are two things which are worlds apart. And this is something which Nabi Wasallam emphasizes upon us in one hadith that search for barakat. When Nabi Wasallam says, Al-bayyi'ani bil-khiyari ma lam yatafarraqa. Then Nabi Wasallam says regarding the buyer and seller. People are doing a transaction. So now the buyer and seller, Nabi Wasallam says, فَإِنْ بَيَّنَا وَالصَّدَقَ بُورِكَ فِي بَيْعِهِمَا If both are honest in their dealing, nobody is hiding the deficiency and the fault in the merchandise. They are clear, transparent, open. Nabi Islam says they will be granted barakat in their transaction. And then the other side, فَإِنْ كَذَبَ وَكَتَمَ If there is some lie involved, some deception involved, and the person is hiding the fault of the merchandise, he is just glossing over things, which if he was on the other side of the transaction, then he would be very, very disappointed if the same thing was done to him, if he came to know that how he was dealt with. But now he is on this side of the transaction, so he is doing something different. He is now covering up something in very, very different words and language. He is hiding certain things in the fine print. So Nabi Islam says, فَإِنْ كَذَبَ وَكَتَمَ if they are un- dishonest, they are hiding the fault. Muhiqat barakatu bay'ihima. The barakat will be destroyed. Another version of the same hadith, Nabi Islam says, Fa'asa yarbaha ribhan. They might earn a lot of profit. They may earn a good profit out of it. But wayamhaqa barakatu bay'ihima. They will destroy the barakat of their transaction. Now, what is this barakat all about? Just to understand that this barakat comes in various ways. It's not confined to any one way. But sometimes, in order to just make us understand what is barakat, Allah Ta'ala makes things happen in a very dramatic way also. Sometimes it will happen in a very dramatic way, but it will always be there, sometimes very subtle. Sometimes a person cannot identify where this barakat came from. But that barakat came from the correct manner of conducting business, from the correct manner of earning his livelihood, from the correct manner of conducting himself in his job, in his profession. In one hadith in Musannaf Abdul Razak, which has a Sheikh Hamdullah is quoted in Fazail al-Sadaqat, 
and this is a kitab also that should be part of our daily reading especially the second part of Fazail Sadaqat this is something and especially any person with any above average wealth this is something that should be part and parcel of his life in order to get the correct mindset refreshed all the time so in any case in this hadith of Musanaf Abdul Razak Nabi Salaam describes the incident of a person from the people of the past from the nations before the Ummat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that there was one person he had several sons so one of the sons said to the rest of his brothers that look our father now has become very old very sick so now let's do a deal uh, he's doing a deal what's the deal he says either you take care of him you do all the work all the khidmat you serve him you nurse him I won't do anything but when the time comes after he's left the world I'll take the entire estate now he's doing a deal either you do all this and I'll take the estate otherwise we turn it around I'll make all the khidmat I'll serve him I'll nurse him and when he passes away you keep the estate so they thought this fellow is probably as we say a little bit of few bob short or something but in any case it's the best of both worlds for us let us keep it very good you by all means you go ahead you have the best of it you make the khidmat and we'll keep the estate so time went on and he did all the khidmat dedicated himself to his father's khidmat etc and eventually his father passed away and when the father passed away this was the deal he made so he kept up with his deal and he gave the entire estate to his brothers and nothing for himself now he was down and out and for several years or whatever period of time it was he was dedicated to serving his father so therefore there was no time to even earn anything for himself so now he was in really hard circumstances difficult times time went on one day he sees a dream and in the dream he's been told Nabi Islam was explaining this that in the dream he's been told that there are hundred dinars hundred gold coins kept in a certain place this is available for you it's permissible for you you can go and take it the full description of the place is given to him he immediately asked the question that is there barakat in this so he's told no there's no barakat in it he says no barakat in it I don't want it he wakes up in the morning he remembers his dream so he says to his wife this is what I dreamt so his wife says what barakat you talking about you bring that money now at least we'll be able to eat some decent food we'll be able to get some decent clothing to wear what barakat more than that you want he says no if there's no barakat in it I don't want it the next night he sees a dream again He's being told the same place, there's 10 dinars, 10 gold coins, 10 Kruger rands for our understanding. You want to take it, it's available for you. Again the same question, is there barakat in it? He says, no, there's no barakat in it. He says, no barakat in it, I don't want it. So in any case, he wakes up again, the same conversation, he remembers the dream with his wife, the same conversation, he says, no, I don't want it. No barakat, I don't want it. The third night he sees a dream again, the same place, there's one dinar, you want to take it. He asks, is there barakat in it? He says, there's barakat in it. Very well, the next morning he wakes up, remembers his dream, he follows the instruction and direction given, he finds exactly in the same spot, not belonging to anybody, not private property or anything, there's a dinar kept there. So in any case, this was unseen help from Allah Ta'ala. He takes his one dinar. Now he was offered hundred, now this is one. Now he's coming with it, and on the way there's somebody selling fish, two fish. Ask, how much are these two fish for? He says, one dinar very well please sell it to me he buys the two fish so he comes home at least we'll have something to eat 
Now they cut the fish, slip the belly of the fish. In each fish there is a priceless pearl. Unseen. Now who is the provider? Allah Ta'ala is the provider. Now he finds this priceless pearl. Allah Ta'ala is the control of hearts. At that time Allah Ta'ala puts it in the heart of the king of the time. That I want to buy a pearl which is unseen. Nobody must have something like that. So now he sends his people out to find a pearl. Now this person Allah Ta'ala provided the pearl to him and put this thought in the heart of the king. So they come along to him. So he sells them one pearl for 13 mule loads of gold. 13 mule loads of gold. In any case they bring the pearl and come. The king sees it, he's astounded. He's never seen something like this in his life. Allah Ta'ala is the provider. Allah Ta'ala is the control of hearts. Allah Ta'ala puts another thought in his heart. Now these are things don't happen by chance. The king didn't think about it by chance that I want to buy one pearl. Now the second thought comes. This pearl is really amazing. But it doesn't look, look right without a pair. Must be two. So now something so unique, where are you going to find another one? Say please go and find another one. You have to pay double the price to pay it. So they come around asking this person, you have another one? He says, yes, I got another one. He says, please, even double the price. So another 60 mule loads of gold. So 90 mule loads of gold came out of that one dinar. Which in today's conversion, it might amount to maybe some 2 billion or more. Now where this came from, he refused the 100 dinars because there's no barakat in it. He refused the 10 because there's no barakat in it. But he took the one where there was barakat, Allah Ta'ala gave him this dramatic barakat. But barakat won't always come in such a dramatic way. But barakat will bring what is the objective. The objective is that a person gets his needs fulfilled. That must become a means of peace. It must become a means of happiness. It must become a means of good production. It must become a means of gaining even the needs of dunya with afiyat, with happiness and gaining the akhirat as well. Now if there's barakat in that wealth, it will bring all this production. Otherwise it will get squandered in any other things. And it will become a source of misery also. So the thing to acquire is barakat. The thing to acquire is not kasrat. Kasrat comes with barakat. MashaAllah, nurun ala nur. But if there's kasrat, there is this abundance. But if the barakat is not in it, then that will become a bigger problem. So now the question is, where does this barakat come from? So a mu'min is conscious about barakat. He wants to get barakat. And how he gets this barakat? The first thing is only, he will only touch that which is halal. Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ لَا يَسْتَوِي الْخَبِيثُ وَالطَّيِّبُ وَلَوْ أَعْجَبَكَ كَثْرَةُ الْخَبِيثُ Halal and haram is not the same. Even if you get very amazed and dazzled, your eyes are dazzled by the huge quantity of haram. But that haram is haram. And that haram, no matter what the numbers will be, but it will bring destruction. That tayyib, what is halal, what is pure, if that is something which in number and the quantity is small, but there's barakat in it, it will go far away. It will take a person and fulfill all his needs also. And it will have access for others as well. So the first thing is that he will only touch what is halal. And in order to ensure that he is doing what is halal, he will not take chances. He will ask. For his physical health, he makes so many inquiries. For his spiritual health, to ensure that he is not touching any haram, he will inquire. It's not something that he just something he just label prophet. But in the reality of it, it is total interest. How often this comes up? Person says, no, I did a transaction, I made an investment. What is the investment you made? 
I invested a hundred thousand rands and I'm going to get ten percent profit. So which business can guarantee you that it'll only be ten percent, not nine percent, and not eleven percent? He says, no, well, this is we're going to share profits and losses, but it's ten percent. Right? This is one hundred percent interest. Your ten percent is one hundred percent interest. Now, just changing the names is not going to make it halal. And when a person now devours his haram, and then all the things go haywire in his life, and he says, but I'm performing my namaz, what's going on? But we are not concerned about our earnings. Are we earning what is halal? So now he's conscious about that he's earning only what is halal. He doesn't want to touch anything haram. Then together with that, he earns in a way that he is conscious that I'm a Muslim, first and foremost. His job, his profession, his business is da'wah. That my business must bring people towards Islam. Before it earns me a profit, it must earn one more person towards deen. And some of the countries which have majority Muslim populations, it was the Muslim businessmen that brought Islam to the place. The way they conducted themselves, how they conducted themselves in business, this brought people flocking into Islam. Unfortunately, how often and how sad and how tragic that many a times this will keep coming up that for the sake of how business is to be conducted there is what people coin the term industrial language and economic language means all kinds of vulgar languages all kinds of flowery languages this becomes a norm for what? just to for the sake of some coppers because there's some little loss that came or somebody didn't do their job but in the process we sell the in a way in the process we turn a person far away from Iman and Islam because if this is how a Muslim behaves a person doesn't want to see Islam so a mu'min he has this very clearly in his heart and mind that his business is da'wah also then he has he wants to gain the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah's Nabi sallallahu dua Rahimallahu rajulan sahlan iza ba'a wa iza shtara wa iza qtada Allah ta'ala's rahmah may Allah ta'ala's mercy shower down upon that person who is easy going now this is a dua of Nabi Islam that's alive for us today who does some pious person some buzrug we go to him please make dua for me Allah's Nabi Islam's dua which is available for every person today until Qiyamah Rahimallahu rajulan sahlan may Allah ta'ala have mercy may Allah show his mercy upon the person who is easy going when he's buying he's not trying to squeeze the last drop out of the seller or when he's selling He's not trying to squeeze the last cent out of the buyer. And when he's demanding his payment, he's entitled to it. The person who is owing should not procrastinate in payment. Because matalul ghani yadhulmun. The person who has the funds available and he is now flying around the world and he's not paying his creditors, that is zulm. That will become a source of great difficulty on the day of Qiyamah. On the other side, Nabi Islam is saying the person is, he's not hard in the manner he demands it. He is moderate, he is lenient. Allah Ta'ala, rahmat and mercy shower down upon such a person. Now this is the concept, this is the mindset in which a person conducts his business. Person who has the akhirat in front. And the ayat of the Quran Sharif time is already up. We'll just finish off on this. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, regarding the person who has iman and is now conducting business, what is his way? Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratu wa la bay'un an zikrillah. Allah Ta'ala says, these are men, rijal, that they are not made negligent. Business and transacting, earning, selling, buying, whatever, this does not make them negligent of their salah. 
that they understand that all this virtues are in its place. But the primary objective of a mu'min is the worship of Allah ta'ala. So he won't make business, he won't make salah work around business. His business will work around salah. The time of salah has come, everything else will be aside. It can be any time of the year. His salah will come first. Because business comes around salah. Business comes around other obligations of deen. Obligations of deen don't work around business. So, They are not made unmindful of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala primarily refers to the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. That in everything, in how they conduct themselves, they must please Allah Ta'ala. وَلَا بَيْعٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِتَاءِ الزَّكَاةِ And discharging their zakat and their monetary obligations, that too gets the priority. Why are they guided by this? Why do they conduct themselves in this manner? يَخَافُونَ يَوْمًا تَتَقَلَّبُ فِيهِ الْقُلُوبُ وَالْأَبْصَارِ They are afraid of that day, the day of Qiyamah, when hearts and eyeballs will overturn. That they are conscious, tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah I will have to stand. I will have to give an account of all my, my entire life, my earnings, where I earn from, how I earn, where I spend it also. Each thing they are concerned about. Therefore they conduct themselves in a way that they must earn the pleasure of Allah Taala. May Allah Taala give us a tawfiq that every aspect of our life is conducted in a way that He is pleased with. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.